Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. I'm Amanda. And I'm Monica. And today on the show, we have Syl from Whispers of War. Hi, Syl. Hello. Thanks so much for joining us today on our episode about the gorgeous ladies of Warcraft. Thank you for having me. You're actually our guest expert today because, um, Monica, tell us what level you are in Warcraft. (laughs) Well, well, I'm don't I'm a bit scared to actually mention it, but I just recently started to play Warcraft because of you guys, <laughs> because you made me do it. And I think newbie doesn't even cover how little I know. <laughs> and I'm level six with my dwarf, and even that I'm not entirely sure about. <laughs> so yeah, I have no idea what today's episode is bringing to us. Oh, but that's the great thing though, because you're going to experience everything new. I wish I still had that. Yeah, it's true. Like I'm just reading through some of the books, the, the novels, and I'm like, oh, is that why this happens? Oh, is that what's under Illidan's eye scarf? <laughs> you just have to maybe give me, maybe let's start with a rapid fire round and then you have to enlighten me because otherwise we will probably start talking about everything else and forget about the rapid fire round. <laughs> So, Sil, we have, as we mentioned, prepared a rapid fire round, which we will shoot at you and you just answer what fits. I'll do my best. <laughs> okay, so let's go. Name. Sil or McMonkeys? Oh, I love McMonkeys. Where are you from? Originally, I'm from Holland. I'm from a little place called Gouda or Gouda, as the proper Dutch people say it. But now I live in Devon in, um, in the UK. Nice. Gouda like cheese? Like the cheese. Is that where it's from? Yes. <laughs> I used to love Gouda. We're educating people here. That's crazy. shows <laughs> over, we've learned everything we need to know. It's all about the cheese. Yeah. It's all about the cheese. So geek since? I would say almost since birth, if I'm really honest. Um, I think I've had a, a love for fantasy ever since I was able to read. So anything that had dragons in it, I just loved. And that's how it basically grew. Uh, the dragons, always the dragons. Yeah. yeah. So now we're going to talk about your biggest influences. Ah. Books. <laughs> Books. Oh, that's difficult. I think The Hobbit. That was definitely one of the first big influences of books that I thought, oh, this is really, really interesting. I really like it. Mm-hmm. That progressed. And now I am a very massive fan of JY literature. Okay. JY, no, young adults. That's it. Young adult literature, which is I knew what you meant. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is much more. And I especially like the whole fantasy trope. So I, I love things like uh, the books by Sarah J. Maas with the Throne of Glass series. Oh, I don't know that one. It's it's really good. I love it. It's so aimed towards younger people. I don't care. I love it. I'm in my 30s, but I love it. Well, I love young adult 
fiction as well. It's one of my favorite genres. Yeah, it just I think it just reads a little bit easier than some of the literature, especially fantasy that's aimed towards adults, because you get a lot of things thrown at you. And sometimes I just want to, you know, know more about the people themselves instead of the whole history of a country. Exactly. It's like, there's only so much descriptive words I can read before (laughs) I really lose interest here. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So biggest movie influences. Oh, my favorite, favorite movie, like franchise is the Alien franchise. I absolutely, it's my absolute favorite. And then, you know, slash Predator. Of course. <laughs> but no, ever ever since I saw Sigourney Weaver as a ruling female just surviving something like that, this is like amazing. We're not talking about resurrection because that movie doesn't exist in my world, but <laughs> everything before that was amazing. So yeah, no, definitely the Alien series. I think they have shaped me in a lot of ways. When did the first Alien movie come out? Do you know by any chance? I think it was 78 or 79. Because I remember seeing it on TV when I was very young. So that must have come out like, later on TV. Uh, maybe six or seven years later. I was about six or seven <laughs> when I watched that <laughs> from behind the chair. when the alien is crawling out of her? No, I think I saw it when the alien actually went down and I saw Jonesy looking at what was happening there. So yeah, that also shaped me. (laughs) I have a confession. I only saw Alien within the last two years. That's fine. That's (laughs) fine. You know, my boyfriend had never seen any of, because he thought it was proper horror movie. And I said, you need to watch this. And he absolutely loves it now. And he's only seen that maybe two or three years ago. So Okay, I'm not alone then. No. (laughs) When we have confession time here, I think I haven't seen any of that. Uh, If you love anything science fiction, you need to watch it just because there are so many references in pop culture towards Mm -hmm. the Alien movies. I feel like I'm more newbie than I'd like to admit in a lot of things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your TV shows that have had the biggest influence. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, preach it. I remember, uh, you know, as a, I think as a teenager, you always watch certain shows and you're like, oh, this is nice. You know, you had friends back in the day and it was all right. And I remember one time, I think it was about between seven or eight o'clock in the evening and I was flicking through the Dutch channels and all of a sudden I see this Buffy the Vampire Slayer and I, I remembered the movie, which mm-hmm. wasn't that great, but I remember the movie and I thought, oh, okay, there's a TV series now. Well, there's nothing else. Let's just, and I was hooked. Yep. And that was it. And I just absolutely adored it. So I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with the reboot. That's going to be interesting. There's going to be a reboot? Yeah. They are talking about creating a new version. I'm not against reboots. If it's done properly, we will see. But I think, you know, again, it it was just how the girls or women were in that series. I think it was very, very strong female presence (laughs) there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it could be really, really good. Hopefully. I just find it interesting to see what they do after like 20 years of pause because there are so much there is so much more now that could happen that can happen now compared to what happened in the 90s. So I'm like, I would just be interested as to how they would present it and that would be really interesting, even though it might totally suck, but it might be really epic. They have a cast that will, you know, I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar was really, really strong in her role and so were all the other actors. So it's yeah. it's very difficult to live up to that standard. They have to really 
be careful with who they cast for this this yeah. whole series. I haven't actually seen anything about the reboot, but I think it would be really great if you know, like in the last episode of Buffy, where she gives the power to everyone, like they break the scythe and mm-hmm. power goes everywhere. It'd be really interesting to see how that's progressed. Like it's not a full reboot of Buffy, but it goes into more of that. That would be really cool. I know that they continued the comics on all of that, but I hope that they step away from that and just create something new. And and if it's based on that, that would actually be nice. Just like a little acknowledgement towards the series. That would be good. Even if they have like, sometimes maybe you see snippets of Sarah Michelle Gellar, you know, just life after Buffy, basically, then, then <laughs> yeah. that would be cool. But we shall see. We'll see. Definitely. Did you have any teachers that influenced you in geeky ways? Not so much in like super geeky ways. I loved my Dutch teacher because of her. I got my enthusiasm, I guess, for reading. So that really helped. I had one art teacher who I got on with really well. So I, you know, he never judged me for any of the fantasy art that I drew. And that was really nice to just be able to do whatever I felt I could do in in my art. Mm -hmm. And I think the other teacher that had a very big influence in the geeky side was when I went to university and I was going to, well, I was going to become a teacher and we had to, I'm I'm talking like decades ago. (laughs) So that was like 15 years ago when the internet started to become big and everyone had to have their own GeoCity site or (laughs) website. That was really when they also started to integrate having an interactive website into teaching. Mm -hmm. So my teacher who had to teach us about how to program and everything, and I say program, but this is very basic stuff. Very basic. There's no coding or anything like that. You know, it's all just copy paste in in like these nice little slideshows. That was really it. Um, (laughs) But the the fact that he really helped me with creating all of that and that he was really enthusiastic about my enthusiasm for, for the internet, that just really pushed me into like, oh, I want to know more about how to do this. And, and I guess that really started making me more interested in the internet and all its seedy places that you could go, I guess, <laughs> in the end. Yeah, the internet has some creepy places. It really does. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> is innocent um and any games that have been an, a big influence on you doesn't have to be video games could be board games card games oh um i used to love board games ever since i was young but no one in my family loved it so that kind of died really quickly i always wanted to play magic the gathering and i've done that for a little bit when i was still in holland but when i moved it just completely fizzled out unfortunately and my my boyfriend is not He's so far removed from all of that. He just lets me be my geeky self. And he's just like, you do whatever makes you happy, but don't drag me into it. So yeah, I think Magic the Gathering was was one of the bigger ones. And then it was just video games. I am such a video game person. Like I started with an Atari with Frogger and nice. then it just it just came from that to the Nintendo with Super Mario. And I think, you know, as everyone knows, my love for World of Warcraft is immense. And it dips at times. I'm not like, you know, otherwise I would have had that statue now for being a subscriber for so many years. I don't. <laughs> I unsub. But I have a, a very fond love for World of Warcraft and for Blizzard and what they represent and what they create. There's so many other, I mean, Mass Effect, anything with Garrus in there, I love because I adore Garrus. (laughs) And um, there's, yeah, there's so many good games out there now. I love anything that has a good story that might have a little bit of a butterfly effect. 
I quite like that. So any choices you make in game that will change some of the outcomes, I find that very, very interesting and sometimes very frustrating when it doesn't go <laughs> how I want it to go. But no, yeah, every every type of game out there. I, I will try it once. I am horrible at shooters, uh, except for Overwatch. I'm reasonably all right with Overwatch. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just, if I would have to classify myself, I am a gamer geek. And that's really what I'm all about. Oh, I love it. I just want to say that I played with my neighbors a game on the PlayStation the other night. It was called Hidden Agenda and you mm-hmm. played it on your phone and you all like had to agree and make decisions that affected the game. Apparently there is like six chapters in this and oh, wow. we killed the main character after three and it was like game over. We were like, oh, oh, oh crap. <laughs> yeah. So um, I understand the frustration of <laughs> I think there was something like I used to be part of a um a fantasy forum on the internet when that was still, you know, you had those PHPB boards. Yeah, the PHPB forums. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so I was part of that. It was called Squig. And that was where I still have lots of friends that I, I commune with now that we, we still write for websites and stuff. And they basically, we had all these sections about board games, video games. And we also played this online game called, I don't know what the English title of the game is, but it's like the werewolves of something. And basically you all get roles by the GM and there's maybe one or two werewolves in in (sighs) your group. That's awesome. That's a card game, right? And you just Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did it online, so we had to make arguments and stuff, and then the GM would say, okay, this person is now dead because... And then you had to defend yourself and go, no, I'm not a werewolf because, you know, so-and-so. And then they had to vote to see if they would hang you or not. And it was... I loved it. Game? It is originally a card game, yes. You can have, like, you all... I, ha- I have the cards. I have the... I just never... You need to be, like, I think six people at least or eight people yeah. to that for it to make sense to play and everyone gets a role and then one is the game leader and the others they have to like it's argument and, and pretend to be something you're not which is so awesome and so funny to play but since there are always so many people needed it's hardly something that we can do but that's so an awesome idea that you did that <laughs> in a forum yeah no in a forum it was amazing like i said you know you needed a gm to to arrange everything and, and do out the roles and everything and make sure that no one would cheat but it was just really really good i really really enjoyed that and that's i think how it all just started with oh now we, you can do this online so yeah, it's a small step from that to world of warcraft really where you have to play online definitely that's so cool i played that game for the first time like literally two weeks ago um, <laughs> and just I'd, I'd never heard of it and just thinking that you can play it online is amazing that's so cool yeah yeah, no, we, we did stuff like that all the time. It was, I missed that forum so much, but I guess, you know, we were all 15 till 25 and then all our lives have changed now completely. I also have this sort of people that I'm still connected with through something like that. But for me, it was the Harry Potter forum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same. You still have like people that you're totally feel connected to for like 20 years now or something or 15 years, which is just, just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. I miss I miss forums like yeah. that. You just don't have that anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Facebook killed all of that. Yeah, Thanks, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Facebook and Discord, that's where it all is now. <laughs> All right, so let's get um, stuck into our gorgeous ladies of Warcraft. 
just to bring it back on topic. <laughs> I know we could talk werewolves and vampires all day, but we're here for a reason. <laughs> so I know right now in the latest expansion, Battle for Azeroth, there is so much female leadership and female role models right now. But I want to bring it back to before Battle of Azeroth and see, just talk about some of the female characters that were really owning it and being that female leadership before Battle for Azeroth. So Monica, this might be all a learning curve for you because at level six, you might not have anything to say for this. I have nothing to say for this, but maybe just for an introduction for a newbie like me and the setup. So how does it work? Like with the stories and with when you talk about Battle of for Azeroth and I don't I can't even say it. <laughs> Battle for Azeroth. Yes. I cannot even comprehend how how you mean it. Maybe you can explain to me a bit. Okay. Actually I'm gonna turn this over to Syl because I feel like <laughs> Syl would be the much better authority on this. I, I know what I'm talking about, but I feel like Syl really knows what she's talking about. <laughs> well, that depends. Uh, I guess it depends what you wanna know from it. I mean, if you want to know the nitty and gritty from seriously what World of Warcraft is all about, reading all the quest texts that you get in game will help a lot with that because it will actually explain to you what's going on. Now the problem is at the moment is that where you're leveling is actually i think it is the fourth or the third expansion because they completely redid old world as we like to call it so calendar and is it the southern king uh, the eastern kingdoms they completely redid that in cataclysm so a lot of that history that we like we call it vanilla is gone it's not there anymore (laughs) so it's it's very difficult at times to make sense of everything because you're switching in time constantly with the quest so you start out questing in cataclysm and then all of a sudden you have to go to the burning crusade which is outland and then it's like they're talking about things that have not happened yet and i'm like wait what is going <laughs> so it is it is very i can understand where sometimes you know it, it gets very frustrating for people who are new because the story doesn't always make sense completely unfortunately but if you want to read more from the timelines i think and i know people will go oh why do you go there wow wiki is really good okay um so it's basically a Wikipedia about World of Warcraft that will really help with some of the storylines. They also give you a very good timeline if you are into books to tell you which books to read in which chronological order. That's awesome. So that also really helps. I think something that if you want to know more about history, the mm-hmm. history side of World of Warcraft, there's the new Chronicle volumes, which you can read. They're absolutely gorgeous to own. They have a lot of artwork in there. And I think there's three volumes now, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah. And they will also tell you a lot about the world, the universe of World of Warcraft, and the history of what has happened. And I think the third one especially talks about the night elves and the whole sundering when the world was torn to... Well, it was two pieces. Apparently now with every expansion, there's more islands around, so it's more. But that's really all of that. So there's a lot to say for... Wow, and it's history. When it comes to strong females, there have been a lot of strong females. And unfortunately, some of them have made a bit of a shift in personality, if I have to say. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. um, I'm going to pick up on what you said there, still about uh, being a new player and not really getting the original lore. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only been playing Warcraft for four or five years which it doesn't make me quite a newbie, but it does on the sense of lore because mm-hmm. 
uh, my boyfriend, Tom, he knows nearly everything about Warcraft, or so it seems. And I was like, well, I'm going to go back to the very beginning and level a character and learn everything. And he was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. So I'm going along and I'm like, this doesn't make sense. How does this happen? But I know that this happens. And he was like, oh, uh, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, okay. So long story short, I've gone back and I've decided to read the books because I love fantasy as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm really interested in lore and like, I don't play the game just to like click buttons. I'm genuinely interested in lore. So um, I started with The War of the Ancients. It's a trilogy and we've got two really strong characters in it. And that's uh, Taronda, Whisperwind and uh, Queen Ashara. So I would like to first bring up Taronda because she's amazing, at least in this book series and in the earlier expansions. I I feel like she kind of dropped the ball on this one when she was just like, right, fools, see you later. Yes, I'd like to start and say that she's she's phenomenal. She's been made uh, the high priestess of Elune right from uh, she's she's quite young in the book isn't she she's like 18 mm-hmm. or 19 and she's been made high priestess she's a badass warrior which i suppose all of the sisterhood of elune are because mm-hmm. they've they've been trained in in warcraft and war and battle tactics and they there's so many scenes in the book where the sisterhood just come rushing in on their on their mounts and they've got their bows drawn and and they have affected the tide of battle and they come to the rescue, but they're also at the same time, the healers of the group. And I'm just like, yes, women being the saviors and being the, they're just being everything. And I, I think that it's awesome. And that's why I love Toronto. I think from those books, you really get a feel that the, um, the female night elves are almost like Amazonians. Yes. Just really, really warriors, and they do battle for their goddess. You know, yeah, the men are there too, and I'm not discarding them as as warriors. They they can hold their own, but it's you do see see that it's very much because of Queen Ashara. It's very much female dominated, mm-hmm. which changes later on when we get Malfurion out of the yeah. dream, and uh, that's that's my my only gripe with Tarandi. She is especially in Warcraft three. She is so strong with everything she's like like you know if you would have to call her it would almost be like beyonce she doesn't need anyone she can do it her herself and and then all of a sudden i don't know what they did but they've changed her personality so much she's just like oh malfurion my love and that's all it's like she doesn't even care about her people anymore yeah all about him and I just I just uh I don't like it at all yeah I I'm starting to see that because I'm reading these books and I'm like this isn't quite the Tronda that is coming through in the game that I'm seeing she was amazing and now it's like oh it's all about mouth yeah it's it's very much that and for me what I found very very I wouldn't say upsetting but so out of character is, you know, you have to, these two leaders of the night elves. Then you have the whole scene of, you know, with the burning of the tree. And I'm like, okay, so they just hearthstone to Stormwind. You let your people over to the mercy of the horde. Mm-hmm. I'm a horde player, so, you know, it's different. But <laughs> I was just a bit like, so you let them basically over to Sylvanas. You just basically go by and that's it. How can you do that as leaders? That for me felt so out of character. I thought or, that too. I it just no. I don't like to criticize Blizzard on bad writing. They have done it in the past, but for me, that is just very poor character writing for Tyrandi. And I don't know if they 
because they don't really know what to do with them at the moment. Because mm. that's what we've seen with Jaina, unfortunately. I feel like they had the same issue with her a couple of expansions ago. They didn't quite know what to do with her. Okay, we'll just write them out for a little bit now yeah. until they come back with something stronger, which you can see now. But yeah, with Tyrandi, I'm, I'm not feeling it this time around. Well, maybe she'll make her grand Jaina-like entrance in uh, the next patch. And she's all like, I'm here with a new tree to save everyone. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a nice, nice change. I'm happy, though, that we have had some very, very strong females before that. Uh, if you're happy for me to, to talk about a few. Absolutely. I think we've seen some of the dragonflight. Alexstrasza is so out there and so strong and she was the matriarch of everything again that has all changed a little bit because we don't hear much about the dragon aspects anymore not that i'm complaining because i always found them a bit <laughs> meh bit <creepy>. you know <laughs> yeah it's just it's the dragon aspects i don't have much with them i loved isara for a very long time because she's the green dragon and dreamer she was for druids but spoiler she's not there anymore no. She gets killed off later on in Legion. So. <laughs> but you have your strong females. So you have, again, dragons, matriarchs. They are very, very strong. Mm -hmm. For me as a rogue, while playing through Legion, what I really liked was that you get some really strong females in your team, in your class hall. Yeah, that's good. So that's why I added people to my list like Valera. Mm -hmm. who you will see in the comics of World of Warcraft. She's very much present in there. So she's a blood elf rogue who had to deal with addiction, like all blood elves do. Mm -hmm. But she is so strong, and she actually is now an informant for Anduin. So she's actually friends with Anduin, and the fact that she goes against the whole blood elves in the horde and just does her own thing, and is like, yeah, I work for the Alliance, I don't care. I really like that. And she can hold a good fight, from what I've seen. Now, the other one, who's also in the rogue class hall, is Lillian Voss. She actually makes many more appearances for horde players in BFA. But what I liked about Lillian was that she is... So conflicted, you know, she is actually from the Scarlet Crusade, which means that she was so anti-undead and forsaken. She hated everything that had to do with undead. They had to be eradicated, almost like a cult, you know, so fanatic. And then she gets turned and it changes her entire world. The fact that she was, she hated herself for what she'd become. She tried to connect with her father, who was very high ranked. And he was just like, nope. I don't acknowledge you anymore as a child of mine. And she flips. She completely flips. And then to see her later on, just being the amazing assassin that she is as a Forsaken, shows that she's another really strong woman who basically changed her whole being and future and just took control of her undead life, I guess. The other one who's also a rogue, who I, I don't think there's a thing here with rogues, is Vanessa Van Cleef. Now, if you go to the Dead Mines, which is one of the first instances you might actually do at low levels, you will see that her father actually got killed in the past. And she actually took over the whole Defiers Brotherhood, the whole bad group of people. And she's just like, you know what? I'm going to take my revenge. And she is one of those other women who just didn't get enough limelight, but she is really strong for just taking over and wanting her revenge and taking control over a group of men who are like her admirals and just, okay, well, 
but I'm the main leader and you better do what I say. And these guys are actually afraid of her, which I think is really badass. <laughs> She's one of my favorite characters. And I think one of the last ladies who I absolutely adore is Lady Liadrin. If you play other games, you will have seen her in Hearthstone as Paladin yeah. cards. So I, I play her when I play Halloween. Yeah, she is she is yeah. really, really cool. So she is the leader of the it used to be Blood Knights, but I guess they now are proper paladins in uh, on the Horde side. Just how she acts and how she basically welcomed also the Nightborn into the Horde. I like that, that, you know, you have a female character there who is a beacon of, okay, yeah, we were Blood Elves. We tried to, we were all addicted to fell and everything. But now we are actually followers of the sun well. We're all doing really well. And she's just so strong. And I really, really like that. I like it that she's not a fanatic or anything. She's just a proper leader. So I'd rather have her leading the Blood Elves than Farron, if I'm really honest. (laughs) Well, you can write into Blizzard and tell them. (laughs) (laughs) I could try. I don't know if they would listen. (laughs) One thing that I, I noticed as you were describing these strong women is that they're all going through something it's not just they're a strong woman they're a strong woman who was an addict they're a strong woman who's had to take charge of a group of men that they've kind of fallen into this position Um, Mm -hmm. and they're they're all doing something or dealing with something that isn't just being badass do you think maybe it's because they're dealing with another layer of themselves of the world that that's what makes them badass. I think so. I think it's part of them overcoming things that, you know, just hard cards that have been dealt in their life. And they're trying to deal with that and trying to overcome it. I think that is a very almost inspiring way to look at things because, and not to, to bring it completely to like a feminist side, but I think women have to sometimes deal with other things that men have to deal with in their life. Sure. And especially, you know, seeing women in game being in charge of like these men that could probably pummel some of these women to death if they wanted to because of sheer force. That's nice to just see it from a different perspective. And for me, I just thought that was such a good role model almost for young girls who play this game because I think I've said it before in, in one of my podcasts that it's we know this game is aimed towards 13-year-olds. I am sure that there are younger girls out there playing this. And for them not to just see like big, you know, manly guys like Gen Greymane or Thrall or all these other male leaders, but to also see women who actually are really clever, really good at what they're doing, you know, tactical leaders, it just makes it more approachable, I think, for girls to actually go, you know what, these are great role models. I'm not talking about Sylvanas, but I'm talking, you know, <laughs> yeah, even, even Sylvanas from a certain point of view, you could say she is brilliant at what she does. Definitely. I would give you that. Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I think it's good. I think it's great that we have these women who overcome their hardships and make it their own. Can I just throw in a question here? (laughs) Yeah. You talk about all these glorious girls now. How would you say in comparison, uh, number-wise, are there like equal amount of strong females in the game compared to males? I think I, I know that a lot of women will say no. But actually, there are. Okay. I, I just think that we have not seen them in the limelight enough. I think if you look into the game itself, yeah. you can actually see that there is a, a very good balance. The problem is that the male characters have just always been in a cinematic, have been featured in a lot of the books, or they have been in like leadership positions. That has slightly changed, especially now this time around with this expansion. I feel like there is many more women 
taking the forefront of everything and leading quests even and talking in game. I don't think that has really happened before, but there have been very strong females there, just they haven't really played a pivotal role, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense, which is still kind of sad though, isn't it? It is. I think, you know, if they would have started that, and I think a lot of, you know, girls, like I've discussed it many of times before that I thought, you know, as much as I like the men in World of Warcraft, it is a bit of a sausage fest at times. So you're just like, okay, can we just have a female perspective now on things? And just a woman who goes, no, I don't think we should do that. I do see that shift now in the game. And I don't know if it's Blizzard realizing that actually... There are a lot more girls playing games now than there are guys, so yeah. you have to change this. It's always so, always find it so difficult. So we're not always visible. Like women are always in the not pivotal role, so they're always mm-hmm. kind of in the back seat. So when you say there are actually there are a lot of strong female characters in the game, but you just don't see it as much. So that also gives other or girls or younger girls, especially the feeling that. They can shine, but only when no one is looking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's why I'm happy to see that change now. I think they've made a very good choice with doing that. I I know some people complain and say it's been taken overboard and it's too much now. But in all fairness, you know, I'm sorry, we had to deal with Sausage Fest for years. So I'm happy to see this change now. It's always that the sausages start to complain when there is to, when they feel threatened, even though, I mean, giving minorities more power doesn't mean that the other side loses its power. So it's just about seeing more females doesn't make the males weaker. Exactly. It's all about that balance and just representing in in the game. That's just it. Because I'm sure that no one would complain about, you know, like the races in World of Warcraft that they go, oh, I see too many humans now. That's not it. But it's, I think people are very afraid at times about the, and I'm using quotation marks here now, the feminist agenda, as they like to call it. And I honestly don't feel and see it like that. It is just, you know, a lot of people who are women or identify as women are playing this game why not give them just as much view or limelight in the game as Mm. as all these male characters what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that yeah totally agree um are we talking about warcraft or or planet earth right now (laughs) i think a bit of both Um, No, that's all. I was thinking, um, along with everything else that you guys were saying, was just that with Warcraft bringing in these strong female characters that have always been there and are just now coming into the limelight, Mm -hmm. it's pretty reflective of our current era as well in time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so Syl, have you, you've read Before the Storm. Yes. So Before the Storm is a book that is almost like a prequel to the latest expansion, Battle for Azeroth. Mm-hmm. written by um, a female, Christy mm-hmm. Golden, and I think she has done a fantastic job. Uh, she got me really excited for this expansion, actually. Yeah, she's really good at getting you into the whole hype of a new expansion. Yes. <laughs> so reading the book, obviously, there are your two main characters, Sylvanas and Anduin, but then there's a whole bunch of other characters and some strong female characters that have really shown through in the book. What did you think about the role that Sylvanas played, Syl? I'm conflicted about her because I I know that a lot of people feel like Sylvanas is just a bad person now. And that's just it. I'm still one of those people who think there's more to it. Just something that we have not really 
seen yet. I'm not going to say anything about Whispers of Old Gods, or I don't think, but I do think she's more of a tactician, not so much like a, a leader of the Horde. If you compare her to previous war chiefs, I don't think she's all like, you know, the Horde needs to be strong. I think she just sees the Horde as a means to an end. You know, she doesn't want to kill her own people because then she has no army. But I think she very much sees things of a general ranger like she used to be in Silvermoon. And I think she looks at it as a, I'm a general. How do I lead a war? How do I guarantee that we win? And she's not afraid to use anyone or anything to, to win in the end. And I think she's incredibly smart. I think she's really clever, calculating. But I do think that at times she is very set in her ways and is not forgiving about people who make bad choices, in her opinion. Yeah, when I was, um, when we were reading the book, I remember saying to Tom, like, Sylvanas, she's so calculating. Why would, like, this decision seems so rash, specifically speaking of the Battle of Lord Ron when she she sees that there's possibly going to be some kind of turn in battle or, or a battle or sneakiness. I don't know. She was obviously prepared for this and she starts to kill her own people. And I'm like, okay, Sylvanas, what are you doing? You say that you want the best for the Forsaken and that everything is all about the Forsaken and the Horde. But I think she's all about herself. Like, I don't, I don't think that her actions are speaking that she's acting... As the proper war chief, it's it's all just about herself, and we'll get more into her actions down the line. I've, I have a few points to make, um, but that's my takeaway from before the storm and Sylvanas. It was just like okay, I, I think with what she did, I think it was part fair. I do think it was a rash decision in that way that she let her emotions get the better of her. Because I think she was just like, okay, this is, as we've seen in, in some of the videos, that what Arthas did to her to create her into a banshee. I think there is, and how he tortured her for all those years that she was a banshee and how he taunted her with having her body and everything. I think that seeing Kalia just brought back a lot of irrational fear, hate, anger and that's why she already was in a certain state but then seeing your own people leave your camp and then thinking also from a tactical point of view you know they go to the alliance that could cause you know military tactics being leaked or whatever i kind of see why she did it at a certain point and it is to make a statement to the other forsaken of this is what happens. We can't ever have peace and be together. They will, and maybe it's it's her own fear of being rejected by her sisters in the past because they don't really, when you go into like Argus and you see the two sisters talk about Savannah's and they, they just don't believe that she's undead and that she's become the war chief. Hearing that from your sisters that you're basically being rejected completely, maybe she has that fear and has the same fear for her people. But if they all get rejected, it could crumble the Forsaken completely. So I think she might not have made the best decision, but I think she made the best decision in her mind of what would be best for her people and her army. Okay, that's a really interesting way of thinking about it, actually. I'm not saying that she is completely rational, but... No, 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 she's totally batshit crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> you brought up the next character that I wanted to talk about, who was Kalia Manithil, Arthas's sister. And as you say, possibly one of the reasons why Sylvanas did kill her own people mm -hmm. by bringing up memories that she didn't want to think about. I wasn't sure how I felt about Kalia for pretty much the entire read of the book, actually. I know what you mean. 
because I, I saw your notes and I agree with the whole, I don't like that all of a sudden it's like, oh no, no, now I'm going to be really rash and just, you know, jeopardize all of this by going, no, come with me, fight for me. What are you doing? Just exactly. I, I thought it was shut. really sneaky and it undermined the whole plan for the day. I, I think it went against Anduin, it went against the Alliance, it went against the Horde. Like it was just a completely rash decision that ruined it. She was just a big old ruiner, you know? Yeah, no, that, that's, that's what, what I, I thought. And she could have been such a incredibly strong character with who she is and what she, she did. And, and I guess it's all working towards a plot point for her, no doubt, because I have my suspicions of what could be done with her character in the future. But at the moment, I did not like her actions in the book at all. No, I didn't either. But can we talk about my favorite character from Before the Storm? Yeah. Delcinda. <laughs> Elsie, yeah. I absolutely loved her. Now, a bit of background for Elsie. She is the was the wife of King Anduin's essentially his butler will mm-hmm. and she was his maid or she was she was a maid before she got turned into a forsaken years ago in history that I don't really fully understand I just know that that's what happened so she's gone from being like only a maid to the prime governor of the desolate council like she is basically leading the forsaken in lordaeron when sylvanas isn't there she's making the decisions she's heading a council uh, that includes both men and women mm-hmm. and i'm just like yes this is awesome <laughs> and she's just adorable and i love everything about her i know it's such a stark contrast with how Sylvanas leads, really, um, because it's very much what Elsie did was very much a democracy. <laughs> yes. So it's it's because you know Sylvanas is in leadership because I think the people adore her, see her more as a, like a godlike being. Mm-hmm. She's been the savior of her people, but also I think the Forsaken do fear her. With Elsie, it's very much people. She takes the time to talk to people, to all the other Forsaken, and the Forsaken seem to like her. And that's how she got almost put into that position. But she doesn't really want it because she loves Sylvanas. She would do anything for Sylvanas. She really does things what she thinks is best for Sylvanas and for the Forsaken. So she's actually really loyal. And I know that you said you were a little bit confused about where, with the whole fact that she got Forsaken. So with her husband, who was still in Stormwind, she She was in Lordaeron, where Arthas was, or Mm -hmm. when Arthas came back and killed his father, and then everyone in Lordaeron got turned into undead. That basically happened to her. So while Arthas was roaming the country, turning everyone into undead, that's also what happened to Elsie. So her husband could never say goodbye to her. He didn't even know what had happened to her, if she was forsaken or if she was dead. So that whole thing with her personality still being basically a nice person. It's just really heartbreaking <laughs> just <is>. to, <laughs> to know what happened, you know. And, and I like the premise of the book that they actually try to reconnect the people in Stormwind with their family and their loved ones who were in Lordaeron and who got killed. I, I did love that. And I can't remember the name, but the, the older woman and she went to see her three sons. Yes, that was lovely in the book. Oh. It was beautiful. I, I was in tears. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't like fully crying because I was I was driving, but the, the tears were there. <laughs> yeah, I, you get a bit like foggy. I'm like, oh, that's so... <laughs> in that case, have you seen Arafi, the new Arafi now in game? I have, yes. With the 
graves. Have you seen the graves? Oh, I haven't. I'll have to go look today. Yes, because this is a bit of a spoiler for everyone who... But if you've read the book, you know, the, these forsaken get killed by Sylvanas. And then you read that the Alliance actually make graves for them and gravestones. You know, they have a place where the family can mourn for them. That is in-game. So you can actually see all of that with the belongings that the undead had with them. Like, uh, I think one of them had a teddy bear, another one had uh, flowers. It's things like that. It's very heartbreaking when you see it. Okay, maybe I won't because even just thinking about this, I'm getting a bit teary. It it is a very (laughs) sad, sad moment. But I think, you know, again, it is an amazing way of writing just to get that whole, there will never be an alliance between the Alliance and the Horde. Yeah. Which is a real shame. Yeah, unless we get that third faction, but we shall see. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so did you, were there any other standout characters in Before the Storm for you? Female characters, obviously. Um, I liked it that Valera popped up now and again. Yes, um, as Anduin's little, like almost a spy for Anduin. Yes, and yeah. I've always had the faint hope, hmm, I wouldn't mind seeing Anduin ending up with Valera, but I don't think that would ever happen. I just think Valera is, is far too old in that sense. Yeah. Uh, she, she's a fair bit older than him, isn't, isn't she? Yeah, yeah. Bec- I think she's, she's at least several hundred years old now. Fair bit older than him. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, was, I wondered that myself. I was like, Ooh, is that a potential couple? But I don't. I think everyone in that book, because they're so hinting about him marrying anyone. So I'm like, okay, well, I now that I've played Battle for Azeroth, I'm kind of like, I I think I know who they're going to set him up with. But I'm just like, okay, yeah, Hmm. just um, every every person in that book that was female was a potential candidate to me, even though I'm not discarding Raffian. When we get that guy back, it might be interesting. Hmm. Things to think about. Yeah. So Monica, I think that we're going to move into a part of the show that you might be able to have an opinion on. I feel I need to read a lot of stuff now. (laughs) Um, So in the lead up to this expansion, we were seeing some Warbringers, which is almost like a cartoon, like a stop motion cartoon with getting a setup and putting some story in place. And all three of them featured women. Mm-hmm. Um, these strong, badass women who are obviously going to be playing big parts in the latest expansion. Now, Monica, I know that you watched them, so that's I what I'm saying. Watched the one with Ashara. Is that yeah. one? That's the one with the tentacles. Yes, that's the one with the tentacles. So you, you didn't get a chance to watch the other ones. No. Okay. Well, you can. You can. Uh, At least watch. I can have an opinion on the Ashara one. There you go. <laughs> um, but like seriously, at least go back and watch the other two. There, there, were, yeah. there were four Warbringers out because there was one with uh, a male character. So I would go back and watch all of them because they're, they're awesome. class. They are like the artwork really stunned me with that one. I was like, what the actual fuck? They hire like artists. It's incredible. Yeah. I was like, wow. I know. They are phenomenal. So first one is first, Jaina. Jaina's Warbringers was, it was my favorite one. My arm hair was like literally standing on end watching it <laughs> i think it was very clever to um to put it in a sea shanty i yes. think that was very clever to put her heritage in there seeing a little bit of background i think for jane for people who didn't know putting that in song says a lot about where she's coming from but also about the people where mm-hmm. she came from definitely um jana comes from 
a background where they're all sailors. They live on islands and rely on like fishing and anything to do with ships. And she basically grew up on ships. So there's lots of sea shanties going on around there. So what I really liked about the Jaina Warbringers is that she's basically Jaina, Jaina's people blame her for her father dying. He was the head of their people. She's basically blamed for his death. So her Warbringers, to me, it was all about her facing down some of these demons and returning to the place where her father's ship sank. And I thought it was really beautiful that she was going back there. And it's not necessarily something that she wanted to do, but she knew she had to because, well, she's a a strong, independent woman and needs to, she was kind of absent from Legion, right? And she needed to reconcile her alliance side with her heritage, basically. And plus, like, she, she raised a ship out of the water with magic like is there anything more badass and iconic for me that is the epitome of the perfect moment in this entire expansion so far like i don't care nobody can change my opinion on that it was awesome (laughs) i I think it just shows how much of a powerful mage she is um especially because we've seen so much of Katgar that now it's nice to see actually see how powerful jaina is because jaina did lead the karen tour before Katgar took over so it's it's really nice to just acknowledge how good she is at what she at what she's doing exactly you know we we've had the man now we have the woman and she is just as good as you (laughs) exactly exactly I think a lot of people were hoping in the past that Jaina would become the next guardian or at least like uh, I forgot her name it's Medivh's mother that she would become like her because they've had interactions together that didn't happen. Um, I didn't like where they took Jaina for a very long time. I thought she was very erratic, um, which I understand to what has happened to her, but she made they made her sound completely erratic and crazy. Mm-hmm. And I did not like that, that they did that to her. I like her much more now. It makes more sense now that she's f- battling her inner demons with what has happened to her family now that she actually sees, okay, you know what, the Horde, she's not all pro-Horde anymore. I like where she's going with all of this or where Blizzard is taking her, really. Same. So, yeah, I, I, I like seeing that in the um, in the Warbringer video because she's, she's still very vulnerable and she doesn't... I don't know, there's a certain sense of vulnerability when you see her on that boat and everything she does. But then the ending completely turns it and especially when they say... When she says, beware of me. Yes. <laughs> that is very much a, a kill moment. Oh, Monica, you have to watch it. I will. <laughs> Even though without back info. <laughs> so then it's we have such a straight contrast then with Sylvanas' Warbringers. She's there, she's burning and just wreaking destruction and havoc in a place that, you know, didn't really seem like it would be the center of attention. To, to me anyways, I was like, whoa, what are they up at the tree for? You know, everyone looks like they're dying. And then this unnamed night elf gets defiant and is like, we will never take our, is our heart or our life or like, you'll never have everything. And she's just like, burn it, you know, and, and, just, and destroys the tree. It was just such, such a stark contrast to, to Jaina being so strong and heroic and facing her demons. Then Sylvanas is just like, 
I don't know. It seemed like maybe it was a calculated decision, but the actual burning of Teldrassel, it seemed to me as a rash decision. Like it seemed like very spur of the moment because, you know, even, even the, the warriors that were with her were just like, are you sure? Like you actually want us to do that? So it didn't seem like it was planned at all. It's spiteful. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the the word that came up to me. Very spiteful, and that she doesn't like it when someone points out her weakness, or maybe, or even that someone suggests she has a weakness. Which again, I think when you watch Old Soldier, then that's when you see that Sourfang was like, "What have you done? They're all coming for us now with this decision. Now everyone will come for us because that's not what they want. What they want is just to conquer, not to destroy completely." Mm-hmm. because now it's a fallout war. She, however, seems to be completely okay with that. Yeah. And again, I think she, she has a bigger plan, but it's a very conflicting video because a lot of people who loved Sylvanas all of a sudden are a bit like, oh my God, she's just committed mass genocide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely had that moment because I've been playing through some of the starter scenarios and anytime she came up, I was like, yeah, you're really awesome. Like I, I felt quite moved to be in her presence and I was motivated to act like be horde then. I was like, yeah, this is really awesome. And I'm like, oh, you're not actually anywhere near who I thought you were. I take it all back. Yeah, it, it, it is. Again, with Sylvanas, you know, they keep saying that she's morally gray. I want to believe it because I do always think that Blizzard has more to it with stories because I think they like to all of a sudden put a little twist to certain stories that sometimes goes for the worst. And sometimes it's actually really, really cool with what they decide to do. Mm-hmm. I think with Sylvanas, I'm very much on the fence. Like we'll see what happens. I'm not a fan of her actions as a war chief at all, but that's because I don't really play Forsaken. I like the Forsaken lore, but I'm much more trolls and orcs. That's more my, my and blood elves. That's more my favorite races, I guess. Sylvanas, I don't know. I just I feel weird with her being war chief. It just doesn't make sense to me. There is a reason, probably for it, why Vol'jin said that she should become the next war chief. Well, before we get to her being the war chief, let's talk about the Ashara Warbringer. Just get get all the the Warbringers. <laughs> yeah, Monica, this is the one you can talk about. Yay! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> This, for me, was my least favorite of the three Warbringers. Well, the four Warbringers. Awesome that I watched your least favorite. (laughs) Pick the worst one. No, no, no. It was beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just, for me, it felt a bit lackluster. It came after, what was it, two weeks still of um, the expansion being in play. And like, so I was obviously super excited to see it, especially because the Jaina, the Sylvanas, and the Saurfang ones were were so, so phenomenal. And then the first scene where that tsunami was coming and she holds it back with her magic. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be fantastic. It's all going to be awesome. And then I was like, that was the coolest scene in the whole thing. And that was in the first 10 seconds. (laughs) See, for me, it was my favorite Warbringer. And this is why people's opinions are awesome. So tell (laughs) me more. I think I, I can understand it, why some people feel disappointed with it. But I think for me... Seeing how this one night elf who has so much, or actually a high elf, who has so much grandeur and just like arrogance to say to an old god, no, 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 this is not how the deal works. You need me, not the other way around. She'd rather die than to become someone's puppet. 
Mm-hmm. She's all like, no, we're doing this on my terms. And it just shows that she is incredibly smart. She's really talented with her magic and she knows what she's worth. And she's willing to give her life for it. And she's very willing to give her people for it. Um, I think just the way with how she was portrayed in the art was gorgeous. For me also, I love everything that has to do with old gods because I love anything that has to do with H.P. Lovecraft. Mm. So just seeing something like Nazoth with the Black Kingdom and just, you know, seeing the old, old cities that they ruled as the old gods... That gets me really excited because I'm like, okay, we're going to go back to things like insanity and things not making sense. We're going back to the new remodeling of Ashara is, I think, amazing. I think she looks really bad as, um, well, not really a naga, but something like a naga. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I don't know. I got that real Lovecraft feeling, the really scary vibe that you get, like something really bad is going to happen. And she just seems to me, when you compare all of them, you can see they're brilliant leaders, but they do it all for a different reason. Like Jaina is very much of, it's all about seeking redemption from her people and having the courage to make amends for her flaws that she basically caused so much grief to her people. Whereas Sylvanas leads much more by fear, fear that her people fear her and, and she's not afraid to use war. Whereas Ashara, it's all about power, being in control and being the one who makes the decisions, not afraid to use her people for her own means, you know? just becoming even more, like she says, magnificent in the end. Mm -hmm. So that's why I really, really liked it, just to see. I don't know, it it gave me a completely different vibe than the other Warbringers. It's much darker. It is. I definitely agree that it's much darker. What did you think about it, Monica? I think, first of all, as I mentioned before, the artwork was just, like, amazing. (laughs) And at first I had no idea, because since I don't have a clue at all, I don't know... I didn't know what is the city she's protecting, what is she doing there, but I feel it was an awesome combination of showing her physical power, or as in I'm a super badass, whatever she is, magician. I don't know. (laughs) I can hold back this fucking water, and nobody's telling me shit. So I'm going to do what I want to do, even though you seem like a really scary, weird tentacle thing. Like, it really portrayed her as a really, really, really strong whatever she is. But I just don't get why she's tentacles now. So I was in the end, I had no idea. Did she win now? Did she not? Whoever turned her into what she is now, was that now what she wanted? I just, but that's just my lack of knowledge. I actually, um, I really enjoyed the way that you just described that. And I wish that you had watched them all so that you could describe them all just like that for us. With my lack of knowledge in my newbie goggles. Yeah, because you, you kind of bring bring out things that is pretty much the essence of it, but in a in a very Monica way, and I think that's great. <laughs> I think it's it's also good because you actually get the views from people who, who have no knowledge from from before. And I think especially with looking at it from a, a marketing point of view for Blizzard. They have to try and get more players in because the worst thing that an an online game can do is lose people and not get new people to start playing. 
So I think, you know, hearing it from someone who, who is just getting into the game and then seeing those things, that's very important, I guess, also for them, because they know if they did something right, if they can pull the people in and get them interested in basically going through a lot of content before they reach that. Is that what the Warbringers are for? Yes and no. I think it's, it's pandering to a lot of the people who are already playing. Yeah. Just to, to see where their main characters are going to. But I think it's also to basically show the new guys, look look at the amazing artwork and stories we can tell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the artwork is really amazing. Like Compared to some of the older videos that they've done, if you Google some of the very old videos, even Siege of Ogrimmar, one of the end videos, and you look at that, you're, it's a very stark contrast. It just amazes me. Like It's just ridiculous ridiculous how many people must work on that stuff how many different kinds of professions must be involved in all of this it's just i can't even wrap my head around this yeah and i I think they have their writing of the story has become so much better now that christy golden is on board with some of the (laughs) storylines that it has completely changed i think with with how they are looking at things and and how especially females are represented now in the game Mm -hmm. Is it again? Did they have a lot of female authors or writers previously? I think it's um, just been Christy. At least the the for the outside stories, there's been a couple of males writing yeah. as well. But Christy's the only female. Yeah, that and now she's be been one. given a full time writing position at Blizzard, so she's doing a lot of the in game scripts and nice. um, having impact on the story. So but it sounds like a job for twenty people. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, she's not alone. <laughs> no, in general, like writing yeah. for this kind of game sounds like a job for twenty people at least. I'm sure the that the writing team is pretty huge. If if anybody knows, write in and tell us how big is the Blizzard writing team. I think she took over from Chris Metzen, didn't she? In the um in the lore section, basically. Yeah, crazy. Okay, um, so I interrupted you before still talking about Sylvanas as the war chief. <laughs> But let me put this question to you. So how do you feel about Blizzard creating a female Horde war chief, but her actions so far have been pretty morally questionable? I have a feeling we are being set up to basically get yet another war chief. I know that the position of war chief doesn't mean that you have a long life. I don't know what they're going to do with Sylvanas. I'm I guess in a way I could say I was disappointed with the fact that okay we get a female war chief and she is acting completely in her own best you know what what's best for herself and not for the horde again I do think that there is variations on it I do think that she feels if I just destroy all my troops then I don't have an army anymore so I do think she's thinking tactically mm-hmm. but I'm just hoping that we get Talanji as war chief of the horde that's what i'm hoping that's who i want to become war chief of the horde and for people who don't know who talanji is she is actually the troll princess in zandalar and she is so cool i just absolutely love her she's not afraid to fight she's not afraid to be in the fray and do what needs to be done for her people but she respects like the horde and everything and she has so much respect for Vol'jin. So, yeah, I I hope that we get someone like Talanji actually leading the horde if we have to go for a female. I just don't feel like the Forsaken are representative of the horde, if that makes sense. It just doesn't feel like it it should. 
but again, I don't know the motivation behind why Blizzard basically said, oh yeah, the Loa have said that, you know, she needs to leave there. I'm sure it has something to do with the, the void that's going to be the enemy. Mm. I don't know. And, and that's what I mean with this whole morally gray. I'm sure there's a bigger story for Sylvanas behind it all. Maybe we get another Illidan redemption story. <laughs> I hope not. Uh-huh. But it's, yeah, I don't know. I see it going that way. But yeah, I, I don't know. I wish we, we had a, a different type of female for the war chief, if I'm honest. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, like I, I main alliance um, and I haven't played a horde character past level 20. But coming from an alliance point of view, I was like, okay, so the war chief is female. This is awesome. Like it's, it's nice to see because obviously in the alliance, it's pretty much, you know, males all the way up. So I was like, yeah, this is great. But I feel like Sylvanas is, she's so focused on revenge and like she just has this vendetta against anybody who's living. And that's clouding her ability to to lead the Horde and to lead them properly. It's like, she's not really for the Horde. She's for Sylvanas. Mm-hmm. And I'm, yeah, I think she's going to turn against maybe her entire people. Like you say, like just kill kill the entire army and... You know, then you don't have an army to lead. It will be very interesting to see because when you look at the cinematic, and that was all before we actually knew who burned Eldressel, when they showed that cinematic at BlizzCon and she jumps down that siege tower and takes on her banshee form and kills the entire group of Alliance yeah. warriors, then you're very much like, oh my God, she's amazing as a war chief. Yes, I was so excited. I was like, I was sitting at my friend Marty's apartment um, with Tom. We were watching it and was just like, holy shit, this is the coolest ever. I was like, oh, and when you're so boring in comparison, of course. Yeah, with your power word shield, who cares? Two two seconds later, he was like, I was like, okay, it's pretty cool. But just that first banshee scene where I'm like, "This this is amazing. And now she's just crazy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a little bit like okay, yeah, right. Well, we'll see where where it goes. Like I said, I think she is she's really smart and I'm sure that we'll get some very interesting bits with her. But at the moment, I'm just not feeling it for her as war chief, but that's again, you know, like I said, I was so happy with Vol'jin and I'm still a bit bitter about that that they wrote him out immediately. Yes, I I didn't even realize that he was war chief. It happened so quickly. <laughs> I know. It's it's only for horror players. And like I said, you know, I, I love the background of Vol'jin and the whole troll culture. And then, okay, that's it. Now he's dead. Great. That's kind of sad that the first female leader is batshit crazy. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. And, and there's so many, plenty of strong female horde leaders that could be in that position that could do it. But no, not yet. So you play, like, this game is out for how long? Then this is the first female leading whatever pe- person, and she's just crazy? That's rude. Yeah, I think, well, normally the, the, um, the Horde leadership was Thrall for, like, years. A long basically. time. Very long time until he, he wanted to become more, like, a happy homemaker and taking care of the kids, I guess. And nice. Then, <laughs> and then you had, you know, again, males. And then now we have Sylvanas and it's just a little bit, I don't know, it's, it's disappointing, I think. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see what Blizzard does with her writing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know you said you'd like to see a new war chief, but do you see them writing out 
Sylvanas after such a short time in the role, just the way that Vol'jin was in such a short time? Probably not a short time. I have a suspicion she will only be worthy for this expansion. I really think that, that she won't be there until after what they might do i have no idea maybe they will cure something like forsaken who knows what what Mm. they will do with her but there are so many other stronger choices that actually do care about the horde i i don't know her actions at this point in time because it has set so many conflicted feelings with horde players I can't see her staying war chief, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I think a lot of players will go, well, I don't... You've you've had the whole movement of not my war chief. That... That could be, you know, and that could be very difficult for players to, to, after this whole expansion, go, oh yeah, no, it's all fine now. Yeah. I'm okay with it now. And because... You might not know this just yet, but once you get further into the game, it is very important if you're Horde or Alliance. So you said, uh, let's talk about some side characters or maybe main characters in Battle for Azeroth. And you mentioned Talanji as even a possible replacement for the next war chief. Now, the only time I have seen her in this expansion so far is in one of the first cinematics. I haven't seen, I haven't come across her since. So tell tell me about her. I, I don't know anything about her other than she's really pretty and she talks to dragons. <laughs> so Talanji is the daughter of Rastakan. Rastakan is the king of Zandalar, of the Zandalari trolls. He's very old. He also survived I think 46 assassinations, one being his wife who tried to kill him. <laughs> so, you know, the guy is is pretty strong. She's his daughter. I am not entirely sure yet why she went to seek out the help of the Horde. I think it had to do with she feels like something is wrong in Zandalar. There's something not right, which later on we find out, yeah, there is some stuff going on. So she's seeking aid. She gets captured with Zul, who we all already knew from previous expansions is bad news. Mm-hmm. But she is so... I think she, I'm not entirely sure what her class is. I would say priest, that that's her class, if we have to put it in World of Warcraft terms. Okay. But she's just a, a very determined princess who is ready to kick butt for her kingdom. So she's very much like, okay, my father doesn't want to see there's a problem with these blood trolls who are sacrificing our people i am going to go now with your help and with your horde leaders to actually help and eradicate them and make sure that my people are safe she sounds awesome <laughs> she is really really cool and she's not like one of those girls who just stands at the frame and go you do this for me you do this and i'll wait here no she's actually in there fighting with and and doing what is needed to do to get the job done and I really like her voice actress. I, I can't remember her name, but she is really, really cool. And I think the whole fact that she is there in most of the Nazmir questline, if you go Horde I would suggest you go to Nazmir first to get a real feeling of Talanji because she is there constantly. Yeah, but it's, it's, you know, I just like it. She's like a princess, but she's not behaving in such a pampered or spoiled way. And she really looks out for the interest of her people. No, I, I think she's she's a really interesting character. But I think the whole troll culture, the Zandalari troll culture, the females are very strong because one of the bodyguards of Rastakan is Zolani. And she is another one of those really cool females. There, there are many troll females in Battle for Azeroth who will lead the quests and the whole quest line during a zone. 
So yeah, no, I was very happy I chose Horde this time around. Uh, Have you played the Alliance side? I'm at the moment 113 on my hunter running around Drustvar. (laughs) So I've, I've experienced some of the females on the Alliance side, and I think there are some very interesting characters there. Even on the bad side, yeah. I think uh, Lady Ashvane, I think that could be, again, it's a woman, but I think she is very, very strong-willed and, you you know, not afraid to get what she wants. Well, that's putting it politely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the first woman that we see on the Alliance side is Catherine Proudmore, Jaina's mum, and she has taken up her husband's death mantle, basically, and, and she has become the Admiral Proudmore, the Admiral of the kill tourists did I even say that right so like she she stepped into the shoes of this beloved admiral and she's like you know I know my husband's dead but now you've got me she's stepping up and and doing it and then she does have Lady Ashvane undermining everything that she's doing so she's kind of got a lot on her plate I think (laughs) being in in her ear and being a strong woman I don't want to spoil it for you still. No, I know. I think basically Lady Ashvane is like the Jafar from Aladdin. That's yeah. Really it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So so the two of them basically leading all, all the island um, is, is pretty, pretty great. But then you have Talia, who um, I, I'll, I'll say right away, like I haven't finished the Jaina storylines and I know that we get Talia's true identity and I don't know it right now. So mm-hmm. putting that right out there. But from what I've seen so far, I, I just love this character. She's rebellious but she's willing and very able to help kill Taurus, um, an ailing nation with some unrest. And she's helping the Alliance, which is kind of illegal at this time, I guess you can mm-hmm. say. She has like, is it a griffin she has? And she just like talks to it basically and it appears and gets you out of tricky situations. Just jump off this cliff. It'll be there. And you're like, all right, Talia, whatever you say. And like, off you go, jump off a cliff following this badass. Plus she swings a giant app. She's just really cool. I love her. Yeah, I think what I've seen so far from her, she reminds me a lot of Tess Greymane, who is also very much a badass character. I I like it that we have someone like Tess again in game, but a bit younger. So I I can kind of see what they're setting her up for, for the future. I like this character. I I think the first time when we get to see her, when you start off as Alliance and she's immediately there to guide you through things, she's a nice counterbalance to Flynn. Definitely. So for me, that was very much, okay, this is a, a, a girl I'm going to enjoy questing with in my, uh, my alliance side. I totally agree. She, her and Flynn, just the, the pair of them actually really make, made this whole expansion for me. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, just walking around and, and seeing, like, even more minor characters and you're like, oh, my God, she is awesome. There is a character, I don't know if you've done Stormsong Valley yet. So not yet <laughs> a character called Rosaline and um she's just this burly I know burly is normally used to describe Ben but that is what she is she's like she's strong quite burly stocky outspoken character who was raised on the sea and she will do anything to keep her town safe and she's just like oh you'll love her when you get to her, I promise she's fantastic I'm looking forward to it now <laughs> even just coming across like little side characters like her like she I would not have taken notice except she was so badass. I learned her name. Mm-hmm. 
her name. <laughs> like she, you barely even get quests from her. I think you get about three quests from her, but she is so epic. And the quest was so epic that she's, it's great because you come across so many characters in this expansion that are just side characters, no real benefit. They don't have a huge impact to the game and they're awesome and they're female. And I yeah, I, I think you see that with the Waycrest daughter. Yes. Um, um, is her name Lucille? Lucille, yeah. It's just seeing how she creates the Order of Embers. Just, It's really nice to, again, see someone take up another position of power and just take action. And again, it's a female. Mm-hmm. So it's just nice to now see a different side, especially because Drostvar is, you know, you see it's very female dominated if i have to be honest because you see a lot of female leaders but also all the witches yeah. are of course female so yeah um there's a lot of estrogen going around yeah well it's the same in in tear guard sound um there's a lot of sirens would be one of the main uh bad guys mm-hmm. so to speak and like there's quite a few ship captains that are female that you have to that you encounter and so i think the entire expansion is just very female heavy and i love it yeah like i said you know some people say that it's too many women now in the in the in the questing and the cinematics i don't think so i think for for now it is good to finally put a little bit of emphasis on that's that's what's happening why not you know um, and it's it that's i'm sorry but it's a bit of bs anyway because look at old soldier you have Sourfang and a male troll who everyone loves sappy boy yeah. so i'm like there's it's not as if you're underrepresented as a male at all there's so many strong male characters in there it is just at this point in time you know yeah the females are taking leadership now and it's just something because you haven't seen it a lot in the limelight. That that's just a big difference. They've always been there. It's just now it's their time to shine. Exactly. Also, if it would be the other way around, nobody would freaking care. So why make a take a piss on something like that now? Just because it's one time around, is it's time for girls. And if they brought out three things with three male, nobody would have complained. And everybody, if there would be one female story and three males, at least the girls would have said, we at least have one female story. <laughs> but the other way around, it's like, meh. It's true. Me. It's yeah. a great time to be a woman coming into this game. Exactly. And I think it's nice that also these women, because that's what you sometimes see in other games. And that's the one thing I, I don't like in other games. If you get a strong woman in a game, which is mostly one woman, and then I have a group of three guys that represent something. Mm-hmm. That one woman is either a sex symbol, yeah. or she is like a love interest for someone, or she is the brains. But she can't be at all, or she can't be a leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time, and it's great to see it. Exactly. And besides, I don't know what the men complain about. They have Bon Samdi, so it's fine. He's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> All right. Well, so do you have anything else to say about the gorgeous ladies of Warcraft? In all honesty, I think this is the first expansion where I think the writing has been really brilliant and I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with the next expansion, or not even expansion, but the next patches. I just want to know what's going on. Same. I'm, uh, I'm going to be unsubbing for a bit because we're going traveling and I'm like, Okay, but I'm going to have to resub. Stay off the internet for spoilers. I know. Like, I, I just, oh. 
it's the one expansion I'm like I really want to stay subbed I want to keep <laughs> playing like I want to know what's happening Monica do you feel like you learned some things today I totally learned that I have a lot to learn <laughs> <laughs> that's fair and I wonder how you can even get that far into everything because we just talked about awesome female glorious ladies of warcraft and there must be so much more because we're in general always underrepresented in everything so man there's so much to learn the surface and you picked a dwarf and your female leader is pretty badass as well moira Mm -hmm. so that's true Right, so tell us how we can find you. I skulk around on the internet. You can find me on uh, on Twitter, either my own personal email or email my personal Twitter, which is McMonkeys with a Z, or the podcast one, which is whispers underscore of underscore war. You can find the podcast on whispersofwar.podbean.com. And that's really where you can find me. Or, of course, in World of Warcraft. <laughs> right, what's your server and uh, username? No. <laughs> Argent Dawn, I am I am a filthy role player. That's oh, I, I have a few characters in Argent Dawn. Maybe we'll maybe we'll meet up in game someday. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good to me. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today. Um, really enjoyed having you. Thank you for having me. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.